Welcome to my Japanese Green Tea Podcast, a show dedicated to Japanese tea. Hosted by tea blogger Ricardo Caicedo. Welcome to episode 38 of my Japanese Green Tea Podcast. Today we'll talk with Lauren Danson of Mizuba Tea. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Could you tell the listeners a little about yourself? Sure.、Um, as Ricardo said, my name's Lauren. I have been studying specialty tea in general for the past 16 years.、Um, and I never, ever planned on owning a tea company ever, even though I loved tea.、Um, but I had the blessing to start a small matcha company about five years ago. How did you first come in contact with Japanese tea? Yeah,、um, Japanese tea. To me, has been my focus kind of as the past six years.、Um, to be honest, when I first started studying tea, Japanese tea in my part of the world, I grew up in California, wasn't that、uh, available. And so、um, I first came into contact with matcha specifically, and I think that was actually my first instance of Japanese green tea. And I first came into contact with、uh, traditional matcha in 2006. So,、um, my brother loves cooking and loves food and loved、um, Asian cooking specifically, although he's younger than me. So, <laughs> true life, I was actually 16 and he was 14, but he brought home a tin of matcha that he had found at our local Japanese store. And I don't even remember like, the quality of it,、um, but we decided to boil the matcha with milk because we were used to making chai, but we thought it tasted so good. <laughs> <laughs> and to all your listeners who know Japanese tea, that's not what you're supposed to do.、Um, but I was like, wow, this, this matcha stuff is great. And I kind of just like kept it on the back burner for a while.、Um, but I, I think my true passion for matcha really started、um, when I vi- first visited Japan.、And、when was that?、Uh, that was in 2013. So、uh, I had just, like, I had been studying tea at that point.、Um, and I knew. When I would travel to Japan, that there would be good tea there. I just didn't, I had no framework of how good <laughs> the tea was when I you know, went to Japan. I didn't go to Japan originally to start a business, I didn't go、um, for tea at all. I went to go visit a friend. Okay, and what, what cities did you visit? Uh, I first flew into Tokyo,、um, where my friend was teaching English, and、um, we had nine days in Japan. So we went to Kyoto, and then from Kyoto, we did a day trip to Nara. And it was on the way back from Nara that we stepped off on a last minute decision to visit Uji. <laughs>、um, I was traveling with my dad and my friend, and in our little guidebook on Japan, like we were on the train, my dad was reading the guidebook about, he's like, oh, this is a town called Uji. I don't know what it is. And he looked at the book, and there was one sentence about Uji in the guidebook, and it says, good place for Japanese tea. And I was like, get off the train. <laughs> 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 I want to go to Uji. And like, we had no idea where we were. We were supposed to be going back to Kyoto. And if you've ever been on the Chikonsen, sometimes it's easy to get lost. So we're like, whatever.、Uh, popped off for an afternoon. And just in a single afternoon, like, my entire life changed. I got into contact with、um, some masha producers on accident. and... Started emailing them for about six months、uh, from that first visit in Uji, but the, the matcha I had in Uji truly changed my life. <laughs> so, all your matcha is from Uji? Yes.、Um, I specialize in Uji matcha. What types of matcha do you sell、uh, at your store? 
Sure. So um, I'm very uh, quick to talk about the differences between culinary and ceremonial matcha. Um, in my personal experience, they're kind of very loose guidelines, and they those terms to me don't mean anything in America anymore. So when I first encountered matcha, I encountered matcha as a way like a wine taster might. So like I was presented a matcha that's a single origin matcha or a matcha that's been harvested by hand or a matcha that's from plants 35 years old, a matcha that's from different cultivars and stuff. So um, technically uh, we have uh, five matchas that are quote unquote to an American mind ceremonial, but we also sell a really, really high quality quote unquote culinary matcha, which culinary has gotten like a really bad rap in America, but um, we're really proud of our culinary and it's, been named one of the best culinary matchas on the market so there's that <laughs> so all in all we have six matchas in our curation um, based on their different flavor profiles is the culinary matcha the best selling tea that you have i would say it's definitely a very very popular one um yes it is a bestseller for sure people love our culinary because it's smooth enough to still drink playing as usucha if you'd like but also it's strong enough to be able to taste it through whatever you add it to. So people love its versatility. You can add it to milk for a latte. You can make cocktails with it. We have all sorts of recipes on our website for cookies and um, smoothies. And I think I just posted a matcha brownie recipe. So that's been fun. <laughs> oh, nice. Do most people in, in the U.S. drink it in, in latte form? I would say, I would guess probably, I feel fortunate enough to live in a world where I think more and more and more people just want it playing. Um, I have more people come up to me at my shop and I'll ask them, I'm like, so how do you normally drink it? And they're like, oh, just playing. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, so I think playing tea is on the rise. There has been a few occasions where some people might come up to me and they're like, oh, Lauren, like, what do you put in your matcha? Kind of maybe expecting like all sorts of fancy things. Um, and I'm just like, water. <laughs> That's it. Um, so I, I think maybe a year ago, uh, a lot of my coffee shops like would 90% of the time get orders for matcha lattes. I work with 200 coffee shops in the U.S. and more and more I'm getting reports that people are just being asked for playing tea. So that's really encouraging to me. When you said that people came to your shop, do you have a physical store? Uh, yes, we have a small little tasting room in Northeast Portland. Um, we work with about 400 matcha retailers in general or just accounts in general. So I don't have open hours all the time. We do teach matcha classes though. So we have a fun little experience on Airbnb experiences um, where you can sign up and take one of our matcha tasting classes. You not, not only sell it online, but you also act like a wholesaler. Exactly, exactly. So um, most coffee shops, but juice bars, spas, hotels, gift shops uh we got some bookstores um lots of fun little places and you also ship uh, outside the u.s we do we do um we have uh, an option to go through your local carrier or through D dhl about your different matches could you describe some of them yeah so i know when we have six it's a lot of matcha to talk about but 
I'm so excited about each and every one of them because they are so unique. Um, a lot of people, when they hear matcha, they're like, oh, it's just a green tea. But I think what's beautiful about matcha as a, and tea in general is that you get so many nuances of flavor. So like our daily Mizuba matcha is totally different than our Nagomi. So we'll go up the ladder, I should say. Daily, uh, we kind of mostly categorize our teas around the age of the plant. So in my experience, the older the, uh, the tea plant is, the more mature flavor profiles you'll get from the matcha. So our daily matcha is made from younger plants on the farm. Um, it's really mellow, really smooth. It's uh, really great for beginner matcha drinkers. Um, I named it daily, not because it's like our lower quality, but honestly, just because I wanted to drink it every day. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so that is a bestseller as well. Uh, the next one up from that is our house matcha. That one is harvested once a year. It's organic certified. So um, the, the plants, you know, have to be really well tended to and um, they don't harvest the tea more than once a year because um if they did then the plant wouldn't get enough nutrients and uh, it wouldn't yield it wouldn't have as high or as quality as the yield so they really take care of the plants and only harvest that one once a year um the house a little bit older than the daily it's much more savory i think it's my most umami forward matcha um all of my matchas by the way at base i should say are shade grown for four weeks before harvest uh, and then stone ground using uh, the traditional stone mills. They are mechanized, but they only revolve 30 revolutions per minute. And that's really important because you don't want to overheat the tea. So a lot of mass manufactured matcha might be pulverized by metal balls or just like completely destroyed, <laughs> powdered, powdered somehow. Right. So. Um, fortunately, because our farms are in Uji, they really pay attention to tradition and quality. So we stone mill all of our matchas. So going back to the house, though, much more savory, umami forward and really fun, really creamy. I like that one in the afternoon, I would say. And then moving on to our Nogomi matcha. Our Nogomi is pretty suitable for koicha. Um, it's been named one of the top five matchas on the Internet by the internet so whatever that means to you (laughs) but people really like that one um it's harvested from about 35 year old plants uh and this one to me is probably our most unique matcha in the fact that it's really nutty and really robust um it's got a great body to it um but the nuttiness is so unusual to me so it's like a toasted hazelnut with like the creaminess of a macadamia nut if that doesn't sound crazy but um I really love the depth of this matcha. Nagomi in Japanese, do you know what it means? Like soft? Yeah, um, I was told that Nagomi, N-A-G-O-M-I, kind of like is evocative of peacefulness or like restfulness. So it's like peaceful, restful feeling, which is, I guess, a soft kind of feeling. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll bridge that. <laughs> Named that one because that was the feeling that I got from drinking that matcha. Uh, the next matcha we have is our most recent addition to our matcha collection, but Yorokobi. I'll quiz you again. What does that mean? That one is like happiness. Yeah, exactly. So the Yorokobi means joy in Japanese. And this one I'm so excited about because it's a single estate, which if you're familiar is pretty uncommon and pretty rare in Japan to find a single estate matcha. So basically the Yorokobi is special that way it's also grown in volcanic soil which the leaves can be so this one's 
interesting because the leaves can be harvested in Kagoshima, but our producers in Uji, so they source these leaves because they're so special and then come and blend them in Uji, not with other harvests, but with like different years of that estate to get a really beautiful consistency. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they bring leaves from other places, but they still process it. Themselves. Yeah. So it's like the art, the producer makes that art of the blend in Uji <laughs> for for that particular matcha, um, just for the Yorokobi, because like I said, single state is really uncommon. Um, it's really silky. It's really floral. It's really sweet. So if you love that sweet, smooth matcha, that's definitely the one for you. Definitely also suitable for Koicha as well. Uh, and then the kind of champagne of matcha that we have is our Kokoro, uh, which means the heart, like the soul or the essential kind of that arena feeling. Uh, and this one is harvested by hand once a year from plants about 45 years old. So on my travels, all the farms I've come into contact with kind of stop their matcha or sorry, their tea leaf harvests and their tea leaf production from plants at 50. Um, for a few reasons, you might know that tea plants can live to, you know, 200 plus years And some people say there's like a thousand year old tea trees, who knows? But um, in Japan, everywhere I've traveled, they stop their harvesting at 50 years of age. So to have a matcha that, or a matcha from plants that are 45 years old is pretty amazing because that's a really mature flavor profile, really awesome mature leaves. Um, and this Kokoro definitely showcases a beautiful depth it has lots of layers to it it's got umami to it it's got that really sweet by sweet i mean in the california saying sweet like that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> that really that really solid balance of savory and sweet or umami right so it's got that it hits that middle pinnacle that equilibrium of wow i'm tasting some solid vegetal notes but some really sweet notes too so that one's pretty special yeah i think that um after so many years You can still harvest, but the yield is lower. So sometimes exactly. it doesn't make as much economic sense. Right. And especially, you know, when they have so much land to work with. Um, yeah. And, and from an agricultural perspective, too, it lets the soil um, be rejuvenated in nutrients. So it's like if you have those plants all the time and then um, those plants are using nutrients, once you take the plants out, then you can uh, let the soil kind of recoup, too. <laughs> And regarding the the cultivars, are there different cultivars or is it yeah. the same? No. So, um, Yabukita is, you know, is the most common cultivar, but, um, so the daily is definitely Yabukita, but between all of our teas, we might have some blends of Samyadori and Okimidori, um, some Zairai in there as well, um, I know our Yorokobi as a single estate is one cultivar, so that's pretty neat. Uh, it just, you know, from year to year, depending on the consistency that the farmer wants in the blend, we might use some different cultivars for it. But so far, our farmers are masters of consistency. So what some people might not know is that, like, they might hear the term blend and be like, oh, that's not as good because, you know, blends are... I think in America, people are used to coffee blends and not being as excited as single origin. First of all, every matcha from Japan is technically like a single origin if it's from, you know, one region or whatnot. But what I would like to tell people is that 
I feel the majority of artistry of matcha is in the blend because farmers have to take most often uh, their tensha, which is the leaf before matcha. They take their tensha uh, from spring harvest and they'll only uh, take that new harvest and blend 10 to 20 percent of it with last year's harvest. I hope I'm explaining this well, but um, <laughs> so basically most matcha is made from prior year's harvest. So some people might be advertising shinsha matcha. And to me, I'm always a little wary of that because true quality matcha won't be sold in the springtime during new harvest, but it'll be actually sold in November because you want to give the tea leaves, the tensha tea leaves time to age and mature. Um, so they'll take the new harvest, let those tea leaves mature, and then blend them with last year's harvest that has matured for a really long time. That was a really roundabout way of explaining blended of matcha, but that allows farmers to put their kind of artistic stamp on the flavor profile and get their consistency down. So yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And that, that happens with loose leaf as well. You loose do have leaf, yeah. shincha, right? For scent, but sometimes yeah. when it doesn't say anything, it could be a scentcha maybe like uh, from last year, but it's sure. so fresh because it was kept in refrigerated warehouse. Yeah. And it also and ages and, and the like. Yeah, so exactly. It, it doesn't always have to be like super fresh, but but it still keeps it its freshness once it's right. in storage. For example, if you try a tea that's super fresh, uh, a lot of farmers will call it green, like it tastes green, um, which is a not super uh, positive thing because it's too young. Like the flavors that haven't had a chance to settle and develop yet. So you're not tasting like the fullest potential of what the tea could taste like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And how do you normally drink your matcha? Oh, man, I just drink it traditionally. So um, depending what matcha I'm working with that day, in the, in my office, I'll generally make usacha. I make koicha for my classes at Airbnb, so um, I'll enjoy it then. But if I'm just having a casual day, you know, I'll make usacha, which means thin tea. So I'll use about a half teaspoon or two chishaku scoops into my cha one tea bowl. I'll pour about an ounce of water, warm water, never boil it. So I use about 160 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and then I'll knead the tea, make the koicha first, and then add about four to six ounces of water to make usacha and blend it with or froth it with my chasin. Okay, so you, you do use the whisk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to. I'm a matcha company owner. <laughs> How sad would that be? <laughs> <laughs> Some people like to use the, the, I don't know, the milk frother. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, what I would say is that our main goal with Mizuba Matcha is that I want to make really high quality tea accessible to everyone. So, while I personally... 99% of the time use the chasin myself. Um, if somebody doesn't have that at home or if they just have a blender or like a handheld frother like you're talking about, I'm not going to be mad at them. Um, <laughs> we actually have three different how to make matcha videos on our website. So you can learn how to make matcha on the go. You can learn how to make matcha traditionally and learn how to make matcha latte through these videos on our website. So the best cup of tea is the one that you enjoy the most. And if you have different tools readily accessible, go for it. <laughs> Could you explain a bit more how the tea tastings at Airbnb work? Sure. So I don't know if you've seen this yet, but if you go on Airbnb's website, 
in search a city, they have these things called experiences. And the best way to describe it is like, sure, you like you can stay in a place at Airbnb, but these experiences are like extracurricular activities for your trip. <laughs> but, um, but they're not so staying they're, at your house. No, they're not. They're not. So okay. they're staying in other Airbnb properties. But they, if somebody can go and sign up for a class, so Airbnb kind of tapped into a lot of local makers and designers and mm -hmm. all sorts of fun things to like host classes. So it's a great opportunity for me to just take like an hour out of my work week and just have tea with strangers. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so you can sign up on this experience page. Um, if you search like, Japanese matcha tasting in Portland, my class will show up and I'll have different dates available, different times. And, uh, I do a class. We learn all about what quality matcha is, where it comes from, what makes matcha essentially matcha, right? Um, we have a stone mill in our office so you can grind your own matcha, which is pretty cool. Nice. I've got a bit. Yeah, I've got a baby issue, so. Um, and then we do a tasting through all five of our main matchas. So we kind of do like a little wine tasting, except it's a matcha tasting. Sounds very fun. Yeah, it's been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> What would you recommend for people that are that haven't really started drinking much? Oh, well, definitely I would first take a look on our blog on our website about all the articles about um, what is matcha. I think it's just so great to have a good understanding about what matcha actually is because there is a lot of not quality matcha out there. So I feel like a lot of people's first initial experiences with matcha is that it's really bitter and like probably burned or not from Japan or just doesn't taste good, right? So to have a really awesome experience. Like you can learn what it is first. Um, if you want to get into matcha for the first time, honestly, the daily matcha is where I would start. We actually sell our matcha tins in 40 grams. Um, the majority of companies I've seen sell it in 30 grams. So we try to make our prices really accessible. Our daily matcha is $20 for about uh, 40 grams, which could be anywhere from 20 to 30 servings, depending how strong you like it. So that's about 60 cents a cup. So definitely if you're just getting into it, get the daily matcha, super smooth. I love it. <laughs> um, but if you're familiar with matcha, I would definitely, oh man, I love them all. If I didn't love them all, I wouldn't sell them. But the Yorokobi, I'm just really excited about right now. <laughs> Thank you for your time. Uh, I hope I, I'll be able to try your matcha soon. Sure. And let's keep in touch. Cheers to it. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my Japanese green tea podcast. Join us again next time 